Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to another edition of Solutions Watch. I am your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, here in November of 2022. And as you know by now, I'm sure, every other week I am a guest on the Declare Your Independence radio program with Ernest Hancock of FreedomsPhoenix.com. And in my most recent appearance on that radio program, Ernest brought up an interesting practice that was introduced to him by a friend of his that his friend referred to as eye-bouncing. Okay, I want to give this example. A good Christian friend of mine that uh, uh, we go see a movie or we look in the paper at something or whatever. And I mean, he's a, he's a man's man. He's an alpha guy. He was a sports guy, you know, in college and everything. I mean, he's not, you know, prude or anything. But whenever he would see an advertisement or a billboard or something of a scantily clad woman or cleavage in the back of the weekly, we're looking for the movies or whatever, he just look away. And I go, well, don't you want to see the movie? Kind of, he goes, no, nah, I just, you know, and I, I asked him one time, what are you doing? He goes, eye bouncing. And what he did is he didn't want to put images in his head that would interfere with his passion for his wife. And mm. I go, whoa, you the man. I mean, that's, you know, mm. so it was an intentional decision on his part to do what he called eye bouncing. You know, if somebody comes in, the waitress, the big cleavage of the whatever legs, he just looked somewhere else. It was just a habit that he developed, you know, just, to, and I'm going, cool. So it kind of, you know, took over, you know, for me, I, I, I see, okay, I, I got the glance. I'm good. I don't need to be staring it down, you know, being dirty old man thing. But I did the same thing with politics. Mm. I go, when you have all these, oh, the mm. poll is, and they say, and they do, and all that, yeah. I'll send the link, you know, if I think it's of interest to a lot of people for the site, but I don't bother with it. I don't want to read it. I don't care. Mm. All the rationale and justification of the why and what for and the graph and the previous and the years of and kind of doesn't mean anything to me because as time goes on, you realize the garbage that they're putting into your brain to alter your decisions just a little bit. You know, it's that, that all the anarchist decisions that we have and when we get up, what we eat, what time we want to do you know, everything, whether I run that stop sign or something. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, these are all little decisions that you can make and be your own an adult, you know, your, your own counsel. And I don't need these influences and stuff that doesn't matter. And I don't believe them anyway. They're all lying sacks of snot. So I eye bounce. I just don't, you know, Ernie, what do you think? Don't know. Don't care. You know, didn't look. Once again, that is Ernest Hancock of freedomsphoenix.com on the Declare Your Independence radio program. And I will put the link to that full program in the show notes in case you are interested to see how that conversation between us develops. I think Ernie has some other good points to make on that subject, and I do respond to them. So uh, that will be uh, some extended listening for you. In the meantime, here, though, in Solutions Watch on eye bouncing. Now, obviously, I am not a marriage counselor, nor do I play one on TV. I am not here to opine on whether or not this particular application of the idea of eye-bouncing as used by Ernie's friend in that story is going to promote or foster marital accord in your personal life. That's, that's up for you to make that decision. But uh, I would like to extend the implications and the potential uses for such an idea as eye-bouncing 
as Ernie started to elaborate there, and I think he makes some good points about what we choose to take into our brains, is to some extent, that is our responsible. You're responsible for what you hear. You're responsible for what you see. Maybe there is some truth to that statement, because at the very least, as I go on to state in that Declare Your Independence radio show, I do go on to state that, yes, to some extent, whether whether or not we agree or disagree or are examining or picking apart propaganda or whatever it is we do, if we are watching CNN or Fox or whatever, MSM News, all the time, if that is what we are habitually taking into our consciousness, it is going to affect us and our view of the world and what the world is. Our perception of the world is going to be shaped by that one way or another simply by putting it in the center of our attention. And that is a choice that we are making, consciously or not, each and every day. And I think this does swirl around a point that I've made in the past, repeatedly and forcefully, and will continue to make until people begin to really grasp its true significance. The news is a social construct. It is designed to control you. That is what it is about. It is to, there to control and shape your perceptions of the world, your response to the world, the way you think about the world, and then ultimately, of course, the way you act in the world. So if we devote all of our time and all of our attention to simply looking at what the, the they, them, those in power are doing to us, that habituates in our mind, in our consciousness, at a deep level, deeper than our conscious mind even perceives, that habituates certain practices and certain ways of seeing the world. Now, what does this mean in concrete terms? Because this is not philosophical, pie-in-the-sky, abstract thought. This is something that definitely influences the way that we conduct ourselves, the way we see ourselves in the world, and the things that we do in that world. One example of which, one concrete example of which that I will proffer to you here in Solutions Watch is that Solutions Watch itself is actually a product of what I didn't have the term for at the time, but a product of eye-bouncing. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to The Corbett Report. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and this is the first Corbett Report production of 2021, so I am here to wish you a happy, question mark, New Year? Well, the entire point of 2021 from the Corbett Report's perspective is it is what we make of it, so let's make it a happy new year. And on that note, I would like to welcome you back to Propaganda Watch, as you no doubt know by now, that regular weekly series where we examined various pieces of propaganda, dissected the techniques that they employed to penetrate the public consciousness, and observed the effects that they had on the general psyche. But you may have noticed that I employed the past tense in that sentence, and that was very deliberately so, because I am here to announce today the discontinuation of the Propaganda Watch series. I'll allow a moment for the collective gasp of astonishment in the crowd to pass through, and yes, I will explain that decision. Uh, and so I think there are two potential main problems that we run into um, with regards to making this a regular weekly series that 
an audience becomes habituated to. One is the analysis paralysis, where, of course, all we ever do, all we ever do is analyze the propaganda. Oh, here's a piece of propaganda, here's a piece of propaganda, here's a piece of propaganda. Let's analyze, let's analyze, let's analyze, which, of course, gets us stuck in that rut, which itself, on a meta level, can be the point of the propaganda to some extent. Yes, some of this propaganda is so outrageous that it almost seems like they are tempting us to do exactly what we are doing here by examining it. Hey guys, let's let's roll up our sleeves and get to work on this one, rather than applying ourselves to what we should actually be doing, or actually be saying, or actually be thinking, or actually be acting in the world. So that, I think, is one of the traps that we have to avoid. Welcome, friends. Welcome. This is James Corbett of The Corbett Report at CorbettReport.com. I'm coming to you here in January of 2021 with the great pleasure of introducing and welcoming you to a brand new podcast series from The Corbett Report, Solutions Watch, which, exactly as you would expect from a title like that, is a series that hopes to introduce and critically analyze the various proposed solutions to the problems that we are facing. That's right. Although I didn't have a word for it at the time, essentially the genesis of the Solutions Watch series was a conscious act of eye-bouncing, of turning my attention, my laser-like focus of attention, from dissecting propaganda towards solutions. What can we creatively manifest to change our lives and thus change the world for the better? Well, that's a decision that had to be made. And to a certain extent, for for myself, certainly, it was a habit that I had fallen into that I set for myself. It was a consciously made habit of trying to find appropriate pieces of propaganda to dissect and to understand every single week so that I could present them to the audience. And let's make no mistake about this. I am not in any way denigrating that work that I did in Propaganda Watch. In fact, I'm immensely, intensely proud of the Propaganda Watch series. And week after week after week, the fact that I did bring and dissect and hopefully teach something about not just that particular piece of propaganda, but how propaganda functions so that the audience could be better armed against it when they encounter it in the future. I think that was extremely valuable work. But at a certain point, if I habituate myself and thus by proxy the audience into looking at propaganda, thinking about propaganda, focusing on propaganda and nothing but propaganda, then ultimately we spend our entire lives chasing the propaganda tail, and the propagandists win by default, simply because we are not focusing on what we should obviously be devoting more of our time and attention to, which is, what can we do? What can we actually accomplish? How do we accomplish that? What changes can we make, big or small, in order to improve our lives and improve the world? Those are the things that we self-evidently should be turning our attention to, right? So Solutions Watch was a product of an act of eye-bouncing, and I think it turned out rather well. And I suppose there may be some sort of... You, you could frame this in mystical, woo-woo, new age terms or something, or there could be a, just a much more prosaic explanation for it. But at any rate, it is true that what you focus on and what you turn your attention to will suddenly be everywhere. To a, to a large extent, the Propaganda Watch series was me going out on a limb after having seen that Kia driverless car of the future propaganda commercial that was just so over the top that I knew I had to dissect this and I had to make a video about it. And I thought to myself at the time, 
let's try to make this into a series. And I don't know if I'm going to find a fitting piece of propaganda to dissect every single week. That seems like a lot. I don't know if there will be enough. And lo and behold, not only was there enough propaganda to do a weekly Propaganda Watch series, I could have made it a daily Propaganda Watch series easily. There was nothing but propaganda everywhere and so much, not just propaganda, but propaganda that could be dissected and understood and, oh, this propaganda works in this way and this propaganda is trying to do this and this propaganda teaches us about that. There was no shortage of learning opportunities from such a series and all I had to do was turn my attention to it and start looking for it and suddenly it was everywhere. So, again, it was going out on a limb with Solutions Watch. Well, I I know I should be focused on what we can do about the world, but can I really do a series week after week, every single week, trying to teach the audience something of value about what they can do in their lives? I don't know. Let's try it. And lo and behold, suddenly, yes, oh, there are solutions everywhere. There's all of these ideas that I want to impart to the audience. Looking and turning your attention to something will suddenly open up this entire universe that you may not have known was there. What is the implication of that? What is being occluded from our attention simply because we are paying attention to the mainstream narrative? Again, regardless of whether we are combating and fighting against and dissecting the propaganda from the mainstream, or whether we believe it, or anything in between, or whatever our take on it, is utterly irrelevant. What is relevant is that we are watching it. That is how the propagandists win. But do not take it from me. Take it from the guy who literally wrote the book on propaganda, Edward Bernays. Yes, I know if you're a corporate reporter, you've heard this before, but it is worth repeating over and over and over because it is so exceptionally important. Reading from Propaganda by Edward L. Bernays, first printed in 1928, nearly 100 years ago. The opening paragraph is so important. Let's read it together. The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. I feel that this paragraph should be included in every textbook for everywhere in the world. Everyone should know it off by heart because I think Edward Bernays is, is right about this. I think this is exactly how power is functioning in our society. And he makes so many important points in just these two sentences that it is almost flabbergasting. But think about some of the things that he is saying here. For one, it is not just manipulation that's happening by accident and oh, a bunch of stuff's just kind of going on and no one's in charge. No, it is a conscious and intelligent manipulation of what? Of the organized habits and opinions of the masses. Now, manipulation of our opinions, I think we understand that. And that's more of the content nature of the propaganda itself. Oh, okay, you know, Tucker Carlson is pushing this and uh, whoever, Rachel Maddow is pushing this and blah, blah, blah. They're trying to influence our thoughts and our opinions about this subject in this way. I think, again, that's pretty obvious that that's what, to some extent, what media is about. But the organized habits of the masses, manipulating our habits, like the habit of turning on the news to see what's going on in the world or clicking over to the news website of choice, right? That is a habit that has been ingrained in us. And whether we know it or not, 
Our lives, to a large extent, consist of these very types of habits that we have adopted. And what are, how, how has this happened? It is an organized and intelligent manipulation of those habits. And th that manipulation is an unseen mechanism of society, which constitutes an invisible government. And that invisible government is the true ruling power of society. Such an important insight that, once again, I think this is something that goes right to the heart of what we were talking about today, today and the idea of eye-bouncing itself. Because, again, just the habituation of turning our attention to those things that we know we know we are not gaining, we're not growing, we're not being empowered by turning our attention over and over and over to these same things, but we are feeding on that energy and, oh, that's exciting and I like getting riled up about things. And that habit itself is part of the corrosive nature of what the propagandists are attempting to achieve. Simply by falling into their habits, we lose. That is how they win. And if you think that this organized and intelligent manipulation of the, the habits and opinions of the masses back a hundred years ago was something to behold, well, what do you think they're doing in the 21st century? Initially, the notion of a goal-oriented ledger may be user-driven. As an organization, Google would be responsible for offering suitable targets for a user's ledger. Whilst the notion of a global good is problematic, topics would likely focus on health or environmental impact to reflect Google's values as an organization. Once the user selects a volition for their ledger, every interaction may be compared to a series of parallel options. If one of these options allows the ledger to move closer to its goal, it will be offered up to the user. Over time, by selecting these options, the user's behavior may be modified and the ledger moves closer to its target. As this line of thinking accelerates and the notion of a goal-driven ledger becomes more palatable, suggestions may be converted not by the user, but by the ledger itself. In this case, the ledger is missing a key data source, which it requires in order to better understand this user. In order to plug the gap in its knowledge, the ledger begins searching for a device which delivers the required data when used. From this list, the ledger begins sorting the options most likely to appeal to the user in question. In situations where no suitable product is found, the ledger may investigate a bespoke solution. By analyzing historical data, it is increasingly possible to discern qualitative information such as taste and aesthetic sensibility, which may be used in the creation of a design proposal. With the advent of technologies such as CNC milling and the emergent possibilities of 3D printing, a custom object may be created to trigger this user's interest. In this way, the ledger is able to plug gaps in its knowledge and refine its model of human behavior. User data has the capability to survive beyond the limits of our biological selves in much the same way as genetic code is released and propagated in nature. By considering this data through a Lamarckian lens, the codified experiences within the ledger become an accumulation of behavioral knowledge throughout the life of an individual. By thinking of user data as multi-generational, it becomes possible for emerging users to benefit 
from the preceding generation's behaviours and decisions. As new users enter an ecosystem, they begin to create their own trail of data. By comparing this emergent ledger with the mass of historical user data, it becomes possible to make increasingly accurate predictions about decisions and future behaviours. As cycles of collection and comparison extend, it may be possible to develop a species-level understanding of complex issues such as depression, health and poverty. Our ability to interpret user data, combined with the exponential growth in sensor-enabled objects, will result in an increasingly detailed account of who we are as people. As these streams of information are brought together, the effect is multiplied. New patterns become apparent and new predictions become possible. What do you think about what you just saw? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think there are interesting and important points being made there? Or maybe you think it's all a bunch of hooey and nonsense. Let me tell you all about it. Caught you looking. That's it. They caught you looking. And now, again, regardless whether you agree, disagree, what point you are making about this, now your conscious attention and energy is directed towards this idea. Well, I'm not just a selfish ledger, and let me tell you all about why. <laughs> they have controlled the conversation, controlled your attention, I have got you thinking in a certain direction. Now you're going to start noticing that and thinking about that. And now it's going to be something that's going to be in the back of your mind as you're scrolling through the newsfeed later. And, oh, wait, maybe I am a selfish... It, they get you. They get you through the back door simply by the, ingraining the habit of you paying attention to them. Eye-bouncing. No. Making it a habit of your own choosing, your own conscious attempt to manipulate your own habits so that you decide, no, I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to turn away. It seems like a simple idea, but to some extent, I think this is absolutely at the core of, as I say, the genesis of the Solutions Watch idea in the first place and the, in, the conscious attempt to change our lives for the better. We're not going to do so by listening to and responding to the they, them, those it is going to have to come from ourselves. But who are we if we are constantly giving our time and attention and our energy to them, right? How do we even know who we are if all we are doing is giving them our attention? Some deeply philosophical points today. Um, I hope they are not lost on the audience. I hope you understand the real importance and power of what I'm talking about today. If not, don't worry, I will elaborate. This, in fact, does speak to an important psychological concept that I will be elaborating on in the coming weeks on the Corbett Report podcast proper. But in the meantime, I hope I've given you some food for thought and some ideas for how you might start to apply the concept of eye-bouncing in your own life. And why not make it an experiment of sorts? Why not consciously apply eye-bouncing to something Whatever that thing is that you know you should not be giving your attention to, but you keep finding yourself falling into the habit of giving it your attention, make it a point of trying consciously to, if, if need be, literally, physically, turn away. Turn away from that thing. Stop listening to it. Stop giving it your attention. Stop letting it into your mind. Make that into a habit and try that out. Try that out for a few weeks even and see if it makes a difference in your life. I'm willing to bet that it will, but I stand to be proven incorrect. At any rate, 
Once again, I think there are some very important concepts here that I will be talking about more in the future, and I hope you'll be along for that ride with me. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Looking forward to talking to you again in the very near future.